Welcome, and thanks for listening to this message from City Bridge Community Church. Our heart at City Bridge is to call all people to be fully devoted followers of Christ. To learn more about City Bridge and how you can take your next faithful step with Jesus, check us out online at citybridgechurch.org. Now, here's the message. Christians should be the most fun people to hang around with. Christians should be the most joyful people to hang around with. I mean, what better life is there to live than the one that is all out in pursuit of Jesus? Uh, And so my friend Quentin is like that. I got to remind myself of that truth even this past week as I got to hang out with uh, 25, 30 staff members here uh, this last week on, on staff retreat, and we had a blast. And we hung out with joy, we played games into the evening, and we were still on mission and having so much fun. So much so that even uh, when we found ourselves at like an amusement park, say, you know, think laser tag and go-karts and bumper cars, when, when, when we found ourselves there this, this past Wednesday, we were just on the fly making up games, and we were having a blast. At one point, we were at a rock wall where there was a, a kind of a climbing wall where there were four paths up the uh, up to the top. And so I kind of pulled aside the manager and just said, hey, would it be okay if we all four jump on the rock wall at once and race to the top? And I kind of assumed there'd be some liability reason as to why not. And he goes, it's fine with me. And so at that moment, I started to kind of wonder how far I could take this. And so I just kind of leaned in a little bit and I just said, well, okay, if in the midst of racing, let's say there's a little arm jousting and kind of leg kicking, you okay with that? He's like, it's fine with me. So then I'm kind of, you okay if it turns into an all-out brawl up there? He's like, it's fine with me. And so we brawled on the rock wall uh, at, uh, on staff retreat, and it was awesome. We had so much fun. I think there'll be a couple of pictures, but we played ultimate frisbee and bumper cars. We, we, we caused havoc on the go-kart racetrack. We played blindfold putt-putt. We had fun, and so we should. And then... And while having all of that, we also kept reminding ourselves we're on mission too. And so we spent a lot of that time praying for one another. We prayed for the church. We prayed for you all. We uh, confessed sin to one another as we all should, including church staff. We we confessed sin. We talked about the various trials and uh, tribulations that we're all going through. And we sat there and it was such a sweet moment. And it was this great reminder. The whole retreat was a great reminder of the series we've been in is that we have a high call to follow Jesus. We reminded ourselves for three straight days of the high call that we um, are under as we serve our Lord. And we also rested in the safe place of, of, of relationships with people that we could trust and also serving a God that uh, doesn't give up on us and that calls us to continue to confess our sins to one another. It was a sweet week. And it was just that reminder, right? Stay on mission, have fun. And I think we're about to have another week coming up, right? Families at home, we're probably gonna be, in many ways, a little more homebound than normal. And so moms and dads, take advantage. Make up games, make memorable moments this coming week with your family. And uh, kids, if your parents are struggling, teach them how to have fun, okay? This can be a really good, encouraging week because I just wanna remind ourselves, the most fun people in the world should be Christians. So High Call, Safe Place, that's the series we've been in, uh, and that's the series where we are today. And like the last few weeks, we have a lot of ground to cover uh, because today we're focusing on salvation and its various components, justification, sanctification, glorification. That's a lot of words right out of the gate. I get it. 
Um, there's a lot of theology in today's, ma- uh, today's message, but just to stop for a second and just go, this theology matters. Even as we're kind of informing our heads, I want this to be something that we begin to then translate to our hearts because when we get this theology right, both in understanding and then when we get this theology right and how we live it out, we get to taste this incredible abundant life that Christ has waiting for us. And so this is an exciting morning for us to get to stoke those fires and remind ourselves that this is the only life worth living, the one where we are in all-out pursuit of Jesus Christ. But this life, for this life to begin, we must be saved by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. You heard Quentin talk about it already this morning. And for this life to continue, for this incredible life to continue, we have to keep walking by the Spirit. And so that's why it's worth talking about salvation and what it looks like because salvation brings such great freedom it brings rich living and it brings this adventurous call into our life and because of that all of these things that it does for us it does should be of no surprise that the enemy tries to attack it and tries to minimize what salvation looks like in our life and just in my own life there's kind of three things that, that, that I've struggled with in my understanding of salvation. And the first, and, and I know it's a common one, but as I was growing up, I did have that works-based mentality that I had to earn my way into favor with God. And so that thought always came with this. is like, if I mess up, that must mean God doesn't love me. And if I, if I do a good thing, maybe God does love me a little bit more. And so I've got to kind of keep that favor and work going, but then I mess up. And so now I've got to work harder to make up for that sin. And that's not how it works. That works-based mentality, that is a minimization of salvation. And it's a lie that the enemy is planted in what salvation looks like. The second thing that I learned, and this was one I kind of latched onto as, as a teenager and almost kind of hoped for, was this idea of like fire insurance, that if I um, kind of say this certain prayer, that uh, then I would receive heaven one day. But that that prayer and that that life had, had there was nothing to live. I was just kind of waiting for eternity. And so in a sense, I could kind of do whatever I'd wanted. I had avoided hell. But in reality, I wasn't experiencing heaven today. That was the second lie I believed. And then the third one that I can still fall prey to today is this idea that a life that has been saved is one of miserable, begrudging obedience. And I can find myself at times going, and, I'm, and maybe you can relate where you just go, man, maybe I wish I had never committed my life to following Christ because it's producing all this. I just don't want to have to do this and that and this and that. And it's just lies from the pit that try to minimize all that the Lord is trying to accomplish in our lives. We misunderstand salvation and all of its various components, and because of that, we lose, and for some of us, maybe we've never appreciated the absolute gift that salvation is. And it is a gift, and it's a gift that even for those of us who have been saved, even of those that have been rescued, we can still sometimes miss the gift, the fullness that salvation is. And so we've got some work to do this morning and all the ground that we want to cover. And so as we begin, let me just start with kind of framing our morning. We are going to look at kind of the three phases, so to speak, of salvation. And the first one is justification, where we are delivered from the penalty of sin. The second one is sanctification, where we are delivered from the power of sin. And the third one, glorification, is where we are delivered even from the presence of sin. 
And so in the chart, right, justification is something that happens one time in a moment, and it's the work of God. And glorification also happens in a moment. It happens when we either die or get raptured. We then are in a glorified state. We'll talk more about all of this. And then today, if we have been saved, we find ourselves in the middle process, which is sanctification. And so let's begin to kind of put some meat on the bones and kind of understand what all these words mean and what all uh, it means then for our life. So justification, let's define that, is the idea of, that is the reality of that we are to be made right with God through the atoning sacrifice of Jesus Christ. And thus, if we have been justified, we have been delivered from the penalty of sin. And so as we begin, as Paul kind of even begins in Romans to talk about what justification looks like, the question is kind of going, hey, what's at stake here? What, who do we mean by we? And Paul is, clears up from the very beginning of Romans that he means everyone. In Romans 1, he goes, hey, Gentiles, people far from God, they are in need of God. And then just in case the Jewish people or even any religious people start to puff up and go, yeah, yeah, they do need God. Paul reminds them, hey, religious people, you too need God. So much so that he ends Romans 3 just reminding everyone, for all have sinned, Jew, Gentile, religious, non-religious, we've all fallen short of the glory of God. And we're all in desperation. And then the penalty that comes from that Paul covers a few chapters later in Romans 6 when he says that the wages of this sin, the wages of us all falling short, is death. And not just a physical death, but also a spiritual death, a, a separation from the Father. And so this is where then the good news begins to enter in. As Paul finishes Romans 6, 23, he says, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. It is in the atoning sacrifice of Jesus Christ. And so he then goes on in Romans 9 to go, if you then confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified, made right with God. And with the mouth one confesses and, and is saved. And this is what we believe at City Bridge Community Church. And this is what we believe that every fully devoted follower of Christ should believe. We believe salvation is a sovereign gift of God and is received by man through personal faith in Jesus Christ and his sacrifice for sin. And we believe man is justified by grace through faith apart from works. Just as Quentin talked about Ephesians 2, 8, 9, it's for by grace you've been saved through faith. And this is not of your own doing. It is the gift of God, not as a result of works, so that no one may boast. There is no works-based salvation. There's no works-based justification. Furthermore, we believe that Jesus Christ is the only means. He is the only atoning sacrifice of salvation and that no one is a saved from a part, from a conscious and personal decision to trust in Christ as, he, as either mine or yours Savior. He is the one. There are not a hundred ways to heaven. All roads don't lead to God. All religions don't, are not just different facets of the same God. There is but one mediator between God and man, and his name is Jesus Christ. And he and his sacrifice alone is what brings 
us back reconciled to God. It's what Paul says in Romans 5.1, that if we've done what Romans 9 says, he just says then that we've been justified by faith and now we have peace with God. We are now reconciled with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And later in that chapter, he's just gonna say this one act, this, this atoning sacrifice of Jesus leads to justification and then don't miss this, and life for all men. And so in this phase of, of salvation, this justification, this thing that rescues us from the very pit. Christ is the one who does the rescue. It's his blood shed for us that has changed our life if we have con- believed in him. And so what the enemy tries to do is minimize the work of Jesus. What the enemy tries to do is, is, is reduce what Christ has done, and he tries to turn the attention away from Jesus, and he tries to turn the attention onto us. That's where we get this works mentality. And we've got to fight back. We've got to remind ourselves. We don't, we, we don't want to take our eyes off of what Jesus has done. We want to lean into what Jesus has done for us. And so, because the enemy tries to minimize what Christ has done, let me just remind you what Christ has done on our behalf. The, the life that he is trying to give us, let me just remind us that so as to fight back on what the enemy's trying to do. What Christ accomplished for us on the cross is he's trying to give us a life that is abundant, adventurous, alive, blameless, blossoming, celebrated, cherished, chosen, defended, devoted, effective, enduring, eternal, faithful, favored, fearless, forgiven, free, a free life he's purchased for you. A fruitful one, guiltless, heroic, holy, honored, immortal, influential, innocent, justified, lasting, loving, marvelous, merciful, mighty, multiplying, see Quentin Tobolka, new, overflowing, pleasant, prayerful, prosperous, pure, purposeful, reconciled, rich, sanctified, safe, satisfied, significant, steadfast, sweet, thriving, a triumphant one Christ has purchased for us, trustworthy, unstained, unwavering, upright, useful, virtuous, wonder-filled, bone-resurrecting, eye-enlightening, hand-using, heart-strengthening, mind-building, life-giving, soul-reviving, spirit-regenerating, sorrow-using, idol-surrendering, land-rescuing, trouble-overcoming, grief-defeating, darkness-hating, joy-generating, wrath-defeating, country-rebuilding, relationship-thriving, marriage-saving, eternal-rewarding, Satan-containing, hell-defeating, fortune-abounding, work-enabling, saint-making, feast-ending, paradise-restoring, God-uniting. This is what Christ has done. Don't miss out. Don't think this is about you. You remind yourself all that Christ has purchased for you and all that he's encouraging you to do. And in order to live like this, in order to grow in Christ's likeness, we've gotta be sanctified. Phase two, step two of, of what the salvation process looks like. And that definition for sanctification is something as simple as this is, it's the process of becoming more like Christ with the Spirit's help where we can be delivered and have power even over sin in our own life. And so how do we do that? There's gonna be two things as we keep looking at it, Romans, into Romans six, where we just go, we need to put sin to death and we walk in newness of life. And, and, and sanctification, I just, I, this is the life. This is the Christian life. This is all that you and I deeply long for at the end of the day. I think when Christ, when, when, when Ecclesiastes, Ecclesiastes says God said eternity in our heart. I think one of the things that he's talking about, just that, that our life would matter, that we would be sanctified, that we would grow in Christ's likeness. This is the life that we long for. Many of us, we get taken off track kind of wondering, what is God's will for my life? Is it, is it, 
is it to marry this person or that person? Is it to move to this job or that job or this location? Or what, just there's so many things that we wonder, am I about to make the wrong decision? Am I about to be outside of God's will? And Paul writes in 1 Thessalonians something real clear. In 1 Thessalonians 4, 3, he just goes, you want to know the will of God? The will of God is your sanctification, that you and I would grow in likeness towards Christ, that we would be conformed into his image. That's the will of God. And wherever job, marriage you're in, whatever location you are, God wants to use all of that to grow you more like Christ. Sanctification, I think, is the attractive thing even in Quentin's story, if you listen closely to it. The thing that I think you and I longed for, the thing that just we marvel at is, whoa, he's now useful to the master? How did that happen? It's because the Spirit of God, through effort on Quentin's part too, along with the Spirit of God, has begun a sanctifying work. And so how is the enemy gonna attack this? If sanctification is being delivered from the power of sin, walking with the Spirit's help, well, it would only stand to reason that the enemy is gonna try to minimize sin and what it is and our need for holiness. And that's why Paul begins to even address this lie. In verse one of chapter six, he says, what shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? Is sin not that big of a deal because grace is so awesome? No, Paul says, that is a lie from the pit. He says, by no means, a thousand times no. That's a fire insurance mentality, and that's not life. He'd go on to write that for the death Jesus died, he died to sin once for all, but the life he lives, he lives to God. And who are we supposed to imitate? We imitate Christ. And so then all that you must consider, consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God. And so we've got to fight against sin. I want to be a part of a body of believers. And if you're a faithful follower of Christ, a member at City Bridge, we expect you to fight against sin. Verse 12 says, Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body, and, make it, and, and thus you obey its passions. And so here are just, just kind of three things I do in order to fight against sin. And, and, and I, a lot of times there's a pen and paper in my hand when I do a couple of these. But the first is I consider my past. If I'm gonna fight against sin, I remember how sin has treated me. And I remember that it is a cruel, cruel master. Paul even writes about this later in Romans 6. He just goes, what fruit were you getting at the time from the things of which you are now ashamed? What fruit did sin ever produce in your life, right? For the end of those things is death. And I remind myself of my past. I've written down, I haven't wasted my pain. I consider the end We have a saying that we sometimes say here that sin will take you farther than you want to go, it will cost you more than you want to pay, and it will keep you longer than you want to stay. Sin's end for you is total destruction. I'm not going to read all of them. I'm not only going to start, but we'll put a slide up. But I just as we put the slide of words sin's trying to do, I just want you to remind, this is what sin wants to make you. It wants to make you adulterous, afflictive, agonizing, barbaric, brutal, can calamitous, cancerous, contaminating, so forth and so on. And these aren't my words. This is what scripture is telling you sin is trying to do to you. And so I consider it. Every time I think I begin to linger towards sin or loiter around it, I go, hold on a second. This little seed that's being planted, don't let it take root. Uproot it. Fight against it. And so 
really one of the only ways I then know how to really fight well against sin, at least the next step I need to take is I need to shine light on it. And I've got to confess it. And scripture says, John, James 5, 16, is you don't just kind of just acknowledge it in here. You confess it to another human being. And you allow those people to then pray for you, both the activity of prayer, but also the attitude of kind of coming around and helping you. And that's what I do. That's the only way I know to fight sin is to kind of shine a light on it and let others in and then to help me in the process. And repentant hearts are going to learn to confess even at the seed level. It's one of the things that in community groups, you, uh, we all should be answering that question. How have we been feeding the flesh this past week? What are those things that we've tried to begin to linger back towards sin or, or it, it, there's, we're starting to trifle with it or nibble on something we know we shouldn't? We get that in front of our community groups so that they can help us fight against sin and we confess it even at the seed level. How do you take a thought captive? How do you, um, how do you uproot sin? You get light on it as quick as possible. Even this week on Monday, with, there was a temptation that kind of entered in. in. Two, three, four, five seconds of just entertaining the thought. A little seed. And uh, I didn't want to trifle with it. And even as I didn't fully shine light on, on that five-second temptation, it kind of lingered around, and I just said, look, the only way I know if I'm going to fight this well is I've got to get in front of my guys. So when I got to gather with them, I just looked them in the eyes and just said, hey, there was a temptation of lust on Monday that lingered in my heart for three, four, five seconds and thought how, man, wouldn't that be nice? And then I considered my past, I considered the end, and now I'm confessing today. Make war with sin, City Bridge. Confess, get it out. If you noticed, one of the key components of confession is community. And so if you're not walking in community, you're gonna have trouble fighting against sin. If you're not even in a community group, you're gonna have trouble fighting against sin. And as I've seen over and over and over again this last year, COVID has had a way of dividing up our community groups. Rob even talked about that in the second week of this series. COVID has taken us off mission, some of us, and in doing so, we haven't been gathering as we should as community groups. And I'm not necessarily talking face-to-face, but some of us have, have lost connection with our community group. And as we've been physically quarantining, we've been spiritually isolating. And sin that started as seeds have started to grow up into to little shoots, stalks. And for some of us, it's begun to bear fruit because we haven't been doing the things that we're called to do. And so I just want to remind ourselves, guys, community groups, we've got to double down with one another as the world right, is, is hurting all over the place. It's been troublesome to watch that some of our community groups have been getting more and more unhealthy. So this would be a great place for you all to, 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 to double back down as community groups going, hey, how are we going to help one another fight against sin? How are we going to kind of hold high the value of pursuing one another and doing life together? It's the only way that we're going to fight well and wage war against sin. And look, I'm not saying that it has to be in person, but just look, there's, there, just as we've all acknowledged that there's risks to meeting in person, let's acknowledge the risk of meeting online too, which is impersonal relationships and not pursuing one another well. So if you have to meet online, go for it, but double down, triple down in how we pursue one another so that we can fight well against sin. 
for many of us, COVID isn't the problem, but COVID has revealed some problems. And so let's get back on mission fully and live out James 5.16 because it's going to take all of us. But the Christian walk is not just one of putting sin to death. Scripture is replete over and over again. Does it say stuff like 2 Timothy 2.22, which is, yes, we flee youthful lusts, but we pursue faith, love, joy, peace, righteousness, along with those who call on the Lord with a sincere heart. There's a death to sin, yes, but there's also a walk in newness of life. Leave one thing, pursue a lot more. Galatians 5.25 says it this way, if we live by the Spirit, if we've been justified, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let's plant, let's uproot the seed of sin, but let's plant seeds of discipline, seeds of, seeds of joy, seeds of, 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 of pursuing the Lord. And that can look like a lot of different ways, but I really like the simplicity of what Trisha shared, Trisha Kegler shared in her testimony three weeks, three weeks ago. She just simply shared, just little seeds she's planted, she's begun to read her Bible when she became a believer some decades ago. And right, and in this word, you're gonna read about why you don't wanna trifle with sin, right? You're gonna read about all the fullness of life that God intends for you, so you wanna be in the book. Years ago, she found other believers to do life together, and we want this for you. You haven't yet been connected to a local church. Come, get involved, join. This is the life that you wanna live with a group of other believers who are on mission. We want to invite you into it. And then she started serving. She started deploying her giftedness. She started to see how God used what she had to offer for the benefit of others. And it was all a work of the Spirit of God in and through her, but she got to be a part of it in such a great way. And it's the life you want to live, and it's the life that I've gotten to see unfold in my friend Quentin Tobolka. The, the, the stories that we come, bring up here on Sunday morning, the, the, the most attractive piece of the story, what makes for the awesome testimony is the sanctification portion of the testimony. Yes, the, the, where Christ found Quentin, where Christ rescued him from him, it is a marvel in and of itself. But the reason why we are so compelled and we lean into Quentin's stories is we go, wait, the same person that Christ rescued in that way is now on mission in this way? How is that possible? And that's the sanctification. That's the outworking of the Spirit in Quentin's life, and it's a marvel. And if you're like me, I hope you heard it, right? It was a marvel that this guy that once created so much chaos in his life now runs towards chaos in other people's life. How is that possible? This guy that once narrowly avoided jail now willingly walks into prisons to share the gospel with hundreds of other inmates. And we marvel at that. It's his sanctification work in Quentin Tobolka that we marvel at. I love it. I, I, my, my friend who... Um, who almost wrecked his own marriage now goes running towards other marriages that are healing. Just a year ago, literally this week, Quentin and I sat in a courtroom as we listened to our friend that got incarcerated, as we listened to the judgment of years in prison. A faithful, now follower of Christ who was a member at City Bridge and his family's members here too. And I just remember at that moment going, okay, church, now's the time. We gotta walk in newness of life. Hey, look, there's a, there's a death that's happening here, but we've got to be the life. We've got to remind each other and this family of what the abundance of Christ looks like. And so entered in Quentin and Sophia. Quentin was on the phone with our friend in jail just about every day, writing tens and tens of letters to him. This 
wife that was left kind of picking up some of the pieces. Him and Sophia have gone running. That's where they've discipled her. And in the process, he'll tell you, the abundance that comes from that is her faith has strengthened them. And it's the abundant life, this feeding off of one another, of how he, they've gone and rescued them. The two kids, without a father figure for a few years, what does Quentin do from time to time? Picks up his fishing pole, goes, grabs him, takes them fishing. I'm telling you, that's a marvel. And it spurs me on. The sanctification work is the abundant life. Yes, eternity is coming. But there is already already an abundant life that's available to us here and now. And I just want to go, are you experiencing this abundance? Sometimes when we say, man, I wish I had that story, what we really mean is not, I wish I had Quentin's past. What I think we really mean is, I wish I was being sanctified. I really wish I was experiencing, experiencing the abundant life that Quentin is. Are you experiencing that abundance? You need to know something. The same gospel that saves us, the same gospel that justifies us is the same gospel that sanctifies us. And so, I just, I, I, just to lean in for a second, if you're not growing to be more like Christ over time, if there aren't people in your life that are marveling at how you are becoming more and more like Christ, I'm just gonna gently ask Maybe you haven't even been justified. Maybe you haven't even begun to taste the fruit of salvation. And so it's a great question to ask other people in your life. Is, have you seen me grow more and more like Christ in the last few years? How? How has that encouraged you? Remind me. Where do I need to double down? Where can I take growth? Where do you think Christ wants me to grow to be more like him? Sanctification is a great work. And look, Justification is a work of God and God alone. Glorification is a work of God and God alone. But there's a little mystery with sanctification because it still is a work of God and yet we play a role in it. We can quench the work that God wants to accomplish in us if we're not careful. And so let's get after it. Romans 6.22 says, But now that you have been set free from sin and have become servants of God, the fruit that you get leads to sanctification and its end is eternal life. And that life can be now and abundant. And it is also talking about a life that is coming. And that life that is coming is one of glorification, the third and final phase of salvation. Glorification, to define it, is when God finishes his perfection of his saints and removes even the presence of sin from our lives. What a gift that will be. Paul writes in Romans 8, that says, for I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. For the creation itself, even creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. Verse 23, picking back up, and it says, not only the creation, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Holy Spirit. We groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for adoptions as sons, the redemptions of our bodies for in this hope we are saved we all hope for the day of glorification here at city bridge if you are a faithful follower of christ we believe you should believe in the future visible bodily return of jesus christ to the earth where he will come to rule the nations and establish his kingdom on earth literally be heaven on earth And just as the enemy tries to minimize the work of Christ with justification, just as the enemy tries to minimize sin um, in the sanctification process, the enemy, I believe, tries to minimize what heaven is like in the glorification process. 
And I just want to say this. If you have a low view of heaven, you have a low view of God. And so here's what I want to do for a little bit. I want us to consider heaven. I, I do not like the phrase, um, I do not like the phrase that uh, don't be so heavenly minded that you're no earthly good. That's not biblical. Your Bible says, no, you set your things on the mind above. You consider eternity. You consider that which is eternal. And in doing so, you take your eyes off earthly fleeting things. And look, just as an application, one of the things that I have done in my life to help me consider heaven more is I've just, I've taken out pages in my journal and, and I've just started to write down as I read my Bible all the different places that talk about heaven. Because believe it or not, there's more about heaven in your Bible than you realize. I just, like, God is not a God of confusion. Look, and so there's much about heaven that we don't know, but there are many things that we do know if we would just read his book and dwell on its truths and be in it. And so start writing down what you think heaven will be like, what you think scripture is speaking to when it's heaven, because scripture has a lot to say about home. And if you have been justified, if you're in the process of being sanctified, I just want to remind you, you have a home. Vagabonds, they don't have a home. Uh, fugitives are fleeing from home, but pilgrims, those that have been justified, are heading home. And so let me just remind you from Revelation 21 what home is like. Home, there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. Scripture says that uh, God's going to wipe away all tears. There's going to be no more mourning, no more disease, no more no more disease, no more disorder, no more fear of man, no more lies in my head, no more lies in your head, no more seeds of lust. It's going to be a place where death is swallowed up forever. He's going to make everything new. Even you will be made new. Striving will cease. Rewards will be given. Prizes will be won. Words of praise will be said. Well done, good and faithful servant. Are you going to be ready for that day? That day is coming. There's going to be a feast. Christ himself is going to serve us. Can you imagine that? Christ himself is going to serve us at a feast. And he's going to make all things new. There's going to be work, new work given to us, but without the curse of toil. We're going to have newness of life in our relationships, but without all the drama. We're going to have new creativity, but not the exhaustion that sometimes comes with it. And in that glorification state, as it says in verse 6 of Revelation 21, it says, it is done. It will be finished in that moment. For I am the Alpha and the, and the Omega, the beginning and the end. And to the thirsty I will give from the spring of water of life without payment. And the one who conquers will have this heritage. And I will be his God and he will be my son. And we will get to be face to face in the presence of our Father, without the presence of sin around us. And we will get to see how beautiful he is in that moment. And we will begin to see some of the beautiful things that he has made us into be and some of the beautiful things that we will now get to be a part of for the rest of eternity. And I want us to be ready. Salvation is a beautiful thing. It's so much more beautiful than sometimes we realize. That which Christ has saved, he wants to sanctify. And then one day he is gonna complete the work. And City Bridge, I want us to be ready for that moment. Thanks for listening. We pray this message encourages you on your journey with Jesus. If you found this message helpful, feel free to share it with others and leave us a review. To learn about City Bridge and how you can take your next faithful step with Jesus, 
check us out online at citybridgechurch.org. You can also follow us on social at citybridgecc. See you next time.